First of all, Alma and I want to thank you for your support, for your prayers, and most of all, for your love. Haven't, here, haven't been here in about three years, but we love you and we pray, keep praying all, for you all. You know, as we go through our lives, there are certain conflicts that come into our life. Right now, we're being assaulted in a lot of moral issues. We're being assaulted on cancel culture. We're being assaulted on racism. And as we go through our lives, sometimes those become heavy burdens for us to bear as to what we, we will we do. But ultimately, we got to, got to do everything in the name of the Lord. And we're going to stand on his name. It doesn't matter, like I said last night, what society says or what the world says. It matters what God says. So saying that, today I want to issue, uh, speak to you about moral issues confronting the church or Christians. And sometimes I think that we're not preaching enough to our children. We're not, preaching, we're not teaching our children enough about the future and the things that they will go through. So that being said, as we go through this, we got to find out what is the authority in morality. There are many issues confronting us today as Christians. We got sexual immorality, we got sexual abuse, the institution of marriage is being banged against the walls, living together before marriage, divorce and remarriage, domestic violence, homosexuality, abortion, immodest apparel, dishonesty. We see all this, and the thing about it is that I see it within my family, within our young girls in my family. You know, people moving in together, and I cannot understand why. You know, as love has it, all of a sudden, we're going to try this for a few years and see if it works, and then we'll get married. We've got problems in the marriage. There's so many things going on behind the scenes that we do not see. In the darkness of our homes, there's so many problems going on. And the thing about it is that Satan is attacking the home. That's the unity that keeps us together. Our country is our home, and it starts there. There's abuse being happening behind the scenes. Of course, we got that homosexuality being thrown at us. We got, what shall I wear? How short can it be? And that is sometimes the world of Texas with all that. And 
Our children are confused. We are confused. And sometimes we just give in so that our children can be our friends. Our children are not looking for a friend in the parents. They're looking for somebody that will set an example in which to follow. Is this man that I'm looking to marry, is he like my dad? Is this woman that will be with me in the rest of my life, is that like my mom? Standing true to the values that they have taught me. As we are confronted, there's a lot of views in morality. Different opinions of what's right and what is wrong. Sometimes what we accepted at a time as being good, as being true, is now being challenged in our lives. Governments are redefining the concept of marriage. They've been doing it for, for a few years. Sometimes businesses operate on ethics that sanction lying and stealing. How does one know what is right and what is wrong in the areas of morality? See, all of us know what is right and what is wrong. From babies, we start knowing what is right and what is wrong. But sometimes what we, we believe are different. They, these beliefs differ in a few things. But the answer to us as Christians is very, very simple. So what many accept is an authority in morality. Sometimes we accept, oh, that's the way I feel, my feelings. If it feels good, it must be right. The Bible warns us about feelings. We are told in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And if you see me slowing down when I'm speaking, it's because I'm trying to, for the translator to catch up with me. Proverbs 28, 26, he could trust in his own heart is a fool. I've been a fool many a times. Jeremiah 10, 23, oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not a man to walk that walks to direct his own steps. See, many people that you've seen, that I've seen, have destroyed themselves by following their feelings. Many people have destroyed their lives because they have followed their feelings. What's the other one? Conscience. You know, we throw that, well, if you do that, that's violating my conscience. Or I'm just following my conscience. Let your conscience be your guide. And it's promoted on TV, it's promoted everywhere in books. 
but it's not always reliable. See, Paul tells us that he served God with a good conscience throughout his life. Acts chapter 23 verse 1 says, Then Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all conscience before God until this day. Even at times when he was persecuting Christians. And that's one thing that I admire about Paul. That even if he was wrong, he was giving it 100%. So, when we come to that portion of taking which road are we going to take? Acts chapter 26, 9 and 11 says, Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus Nazareth. That contrary is against, and we know what he did. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to the foreign cities. See, our conscience is like a clock. When it works properly, it's only if it's set up in the right way. How does your conscience working with you? How do you feel about your feelings? What's going on with your life? Sometimes the ways our conscience leads us through our inner witness. We get the Holy Spirit and he guides us and sometimes we don't pay attention. Let me illustrate a GPS which sometimes I don't follow it and I end up where I'm not supposed to be. We must connect with a GPS to guide us. We all have it in our phones, in our cars, we go everywhere and we just put it and we follow. But sometimes when we follow, it takes us the wrong way. But it gets us there. And that's not the way I operate. I gotta be in control. I don't know about you all, but I gotta be in control. See, we need to open up that application in our phone in order to guide us. Likewise, for God to guide us, we must connect with him. How do we connect? Through prayer and ask for his direction. His direction. Then, just like a GPS uh, works, we need to follow his lead. If we go off course, there is that thing that I hate, recalculate. And this recalculating, and he recalculates our route and helps us to proceed to our final destination. God's positioning system is the spirit of Christ that lives within us. When we confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and we are baptized for the remission of our sins, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's what is guiding us in our lives. Some people said, their friends, our friends will guide us. Have you ever, parents, have you ever heard this? Everyone else is doing it. Well, son, 
As long as you live in, under my roof, you're going to follow my directions. And I know you kids hate that part. Consider the words of Jesus in describing the end of the majority if we follow it. Matthew chapter 17, verse 13 and 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are a few who find it. That narrow gate right there is, is a straight. That it's very narrow and the ships just go through it. That's how narrow this walk is in us. See, if you would have, any one of us would have followed the majority in Noah's time, we, have, we would have been down and perished with the flood. Many did. Only eight people got saved. Yeah, let's have fun with our friends. But are your friends pulling you up? Are they helping you? One thing I said last night is after you have fun, after you do all your partying, after you do everything, and there's the dust is going to settle around you, and you are in trouble, the only ones left by your side will be your family. So, do we follow our friends? In Joshua's day, you would have perished in the wilderness. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, is left to us and written, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which, are, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land now you dwell. But for as me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Is that where we are? We have that plaque in our homes. Most of us do. We will serve the Lord. But is, that, is peace and love reigning between those four walls? Because we have said we're going to follow him. Following the majority can be like lemmings running over a, a cliff. And I put a picture there of what a lemming is so you could visualize it. But then they run all over the, the hill, all together. What do we tell our children? If Joni would jump into the lake, would you jump with her? And this is what happens when we follow our friends. Sometimes in the world, oh, we follow what our minister says. There's the preacher, either the priest, the rabbi, or any of those 
heads. But they say it's okay. We are struggling with that. Those of you who travel, we find this out about the priest and what they're teaching. Sometimes they reason and they give the excuse, well, they're men of God. They wouldn't lie to us. There's no way they can lead us astray. Let us listen to the warning given by Jesus, Paul, and Peter. Religious leaders can be blind leaders of the blind. Matthew 15, verse 12 through 14. And we follow what they say. You know, when I preach, I always ask you that if I misquote a scripture or have a different, you have a different view, come and talk to me. Because my life is led by two things. I don't want to lose my place in heaven and I don't want to teach error. So I, I welcome any comments that you have and different views that you have. They can also be the ministers of Satan, as, as stated in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 through 15. Yeah, it's good to get counsel, but get it from the proper authorities that you believe in and that they're true. And if it's not biblical, don't follow it. I am so blessed with friends like you all that I can call when I'm in trouble and give me advice. And sometimes I don't like your advice, but I must follow it because that's the truth and it's biblical. We are told there will be false teachers in destructive ways. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 3 says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and the Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last day walking according to their own lust. Scoffers here means false teachers. Have you ever heard of the scandals caused by those of us who call ourselves preachers and they have affairs with somebody in the congregation? And that destroys a congregation. Following the wrong minister can lead us to corruption in our lives. What many people accept as authority and morality should not be the guide for Christians, for those of us who call Christians. So let us consider our guide. What is the Christian's authority in morality? Of course, Jesus has all the authority both in heaven and on earth. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, 
All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All. When somebody gives you their all, there is nothing left. You've got control of everything. And how does he speak to us? Through the word. But sometimes we don't open up their word. In all areas, including sexual uh, morals and behavior. Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 24 says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles, Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work of uncleanness with greediness. That's where everything, I want to do it my way. That's where the greed takes in. But you have not learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit in your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. This futility here is ineffectiveness in our lives, instability in our lives, and that righteousness is the approval of God, God's judicial approval. That's what their righteousness is. It is what is deemed right by God. See, most of us walked like the Gentiles walked in these verses. You know, sometimes our children do not go through the problems that we went through and they just get baptized and it's not the same effect that that it has to somebody like me who lived in filthiness for 30-something years, who did everything selfish. And then when somebody comes and presents Christ to you, and then all of a sudden, a year later, you realize, i got to accept Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. It's a removal of that garbage bag that was on my back and I come out of the water and I'm supposed to be a new man. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be great. Everything is gone. I forgot that it was the beginning. And I still kept on going to different things that I used to do before. But I must put in the new man Why? Because he was creating according and in the image of God. If you look at your spouse, your children, your friends, 
you're looking at the image of God. How can I mistreat him? One day, he's coming back to judge all mankind. Acts chapter 17, verse 30 to 31. Truly, these times of ignorance, God overlooked. Or another, the King James says, God winked at. But now commence all men everywhere to repent. You are going the wrong way. You're the, like the lemmings. You're going to go over that hill. Turn around. And obey what God is telling you to do. Because he has appointed a day. Which he will judge the world in righteousness. By the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this. To all by raising him from the dead. The standards of judgment. Will be his words. This ignorance is the idea of willful blindness, especially to the divine, not paying attention to those things. There was a long time when people were ignorant of the true God, and they follow idols. They build their own idols. So now, he will come and judge us by our deeds, whether good or bad. John 12, verse 48 says, He who rejects me and does not receive my words, has which, that he, which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Are we afraid of that judgment? Or are we standing right? Jesus is the ultimate standard of authority in morality. But Jesus delegated his authority to the apostles. To receive them, we receive him in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, and John 13, verse 20. They were the ambassadors of Christ. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5, verse 20. To ensure reliability, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26. This Spirit will guide us. As it guided the apostles in all the truth, He will guide us in all the truth. John chapter 16, verse 12 and 13. See, the apostles proclaimed the whole counsel of God. Acts chapter 20 and 7. Do we believe what they wrote? All of us as Christians were to accept the apostles' word as truth because they were guided by the Holy Spirit to write what God wanted us to learn. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 37. See, the apostles' doctrine is the Christian standards of authority. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says, And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' teachings, doctrine, in fellowship, and breaking of the bread, and in prayers. Are we prostrated at the foot of the cross? 
and listening to what Christ has to tell us. See, their authority also pertains to areas of morality. Paul charged the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 through 8. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ that you should abandon, abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and please God. Ain't we always looking how do we walk in God? How do I make this decision? What do I do? Ultimately, we must walk right to please God. For you know what commandments we gave through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. Your sanctification that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Sanctification means separation. We separate from the world. We separate from where our friends are leading us. We separate what our ministers are saying. And we hang on our head on that cross. That each of you should know how to possess their own vessels in, in sanctification and in honor. Not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such things as we also forewarned you and testified. For if we did not call, God did not call us to uncleanness, but into holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us the Holy Spirit. As we look as it says, the avenger will be the Lord. You know, sometimes your friends make a comment when they find out that you're a Christian. Oh, I shouldn't say that bad word. I, should, I said, I'm just a mere man. I will be more afraid of God judging you than, than what I'm going to judge you. See, addressing sexual immorality in marital faithfulness, and likewise, he wrote to the a church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 32, say, addressing lewdness, greediness, and deceitful lust, lying, anger, stealing, foul language. Morality is a very integral part of the truth that is in Jesus. We can get away from it. 2 Peter 1.3 says that according to his divine power had given us unto us all the things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. According to his divine power, he has given us all and everything is contained for us in this book, how many times a week do we open them? And we got to have that knowledge of him. 
who called us to glory and virtue. We got everything that we need. Sometimes we experience that. I wish life would come with a manual to guide our kids. It does. It's in his word. So in conclusion, what is right and what is wrong in morality? Many people go through life confused about this morality, constantly wondering, is it right or is it wrong? If we are to the point to asking, is it right or wrong, we're already in the wrong path. They stumble their way through life, making wrong choices with terrible consequences. I wish our kids would learn from all our mistakes and they would not have any problems. But they must grow up. They're individuals. They will come back to the values that we gave them. The Christian needs to need not to be confused about morality. The truth is in Jesus, Ephesians 4.21, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught of him, as the truth is in Jesus. God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If you're looking for truth as it pertains to morality, let Jesus and the apostles be your guide not your minister, not your friends. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He's everything to us. We must follow what he says. We're always being pulled. Our children are always being pulled to what do we do, right or wrong. I don't know if you have seen that website, parents. You only have 18 summers with your children. This struck me, even though my children are grown. You only have 18 summers. You only have 18 years from the time they're born. How will you make it count? So what will be the end? Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.